My name is Chris McDaniel, the senior pastor at Trinity Anglican in Atlanta, Georgia. Today is Wednesday, March 25th, 2020, and we're now just a little bit over a week into the age of Corona. Uh, welcome to this new expression of podcasting here at Trinity. For the next season, our pastors are going to be publishing a brief reflection Monday through Friday, nothing fancy, uh, just a touch point each day during the week. Our heart is to be present to you as your pastors, and we believe that there is great comfort to be found in God's Word. So uh, from now on, you're going to be hearing a very brief uh, biblical reflection from us. Not a sermon, just a reflection. And as I said earlier in a prior podcast, we believe now is a critical time for us to be more reflective uh, in an effort to combat the tendency toward reactivity. When I think of those two words, reflective and reactive, I can see, and I think you can too, that our world right now is pushing us toward reactivity, the news feeds and everything bombarding us. So our purpose in this podcast is going to be to carve out a reflective space, trusting that the Lord is going to do good things as we sit together in the Word of God and ask Him for help. So our rhythm going forward, and today is no exception, is going to be to read, pray, and reflect. And I would say for you, that's a pattern maybe for our life in the days ahead, to read, to pray and reflect. So let's listen to a daily lectionary reading from today's lectionary. Uh, this is a short passage from Mark 8. I'm going to read verses 22 to 26. Then we're going to pray, and then I'm going to offer just a simple reflection for you today. The text says in verse 22 of Mark 8, They came to Bethsaida, and some people brought a blind man to him, and he begged him to touch him. He took the blind man by the hand and led him out of the village. And when he had put saliva on his eyes and laid his hands on him, he asked him, Can you see anything? And the man looked up and said, I can see people, but they look like trees walking. And then Jesus laid his hands on his eyes again, and he looked intently, and his sight was restored, and he saw everything clearly. Then he sent him away to his home, saying, Do not even go into the village. Father, we ask you to help us to think deep and true thoughts about the Bible here for the next few minutes. And Lord, more importantly, we pray that you would help us to think deep and true thoughts about our lives right now. God, help us to see reality today uh, through your lens, the lens of the kingdom of God. And I pray, God, that as we sit together, wherever it is that we are as we're accessing this content, I ask you to give us the grace of God to see and hear what you want us to see and hear. And I pray, Lord, that you would give us the strength to carry whatever truth we grab onto into our day. In Jesus' name, amen. So I'm going to say essentially just four things to you about this passage, things that stood out to me as I engaged in a kind of uh, Lectio Divina uh, reading of the passage. Uh, number one, uh, there's a problem. The man is blind and he needs help. And so what we see at the very beginning of this passage is that people, presumably his friends, uh, bring him to Jesus. There's a sense that uh, they believe, at least, that God can do something about the man's problem. And I find it interesting to me because as I was praying today about my own interaction with this passage, it occurred to me that admitting our needs is a tricky business. Uh, some of us would prefer not to admit needs at all, and maybe you're uh, one of those people right now that in the midst of this corona crisis, you're trying to help everybody else. Uh, but maybe it's hard for you to admit that you need help yourself. 
And so I found myself wondering, what would have happened to this guy if he had said to his friends, no, thank you, or I'm not sure I need any help, or I'll be fine, just uh, go to someone who's maybe worse off than, than I am. This guy had to allow himself to be helped. And I think there's something in that for us. I, I know there's something here for me. This idea of acknowledging my need and allowing myself to be helped. If this guy had said no thank you, I think he probably would have remained just as he was, unable to see. And I think in some way there's an equivalent for us. If we don't receive help from God and from other people, the body of Christ, frankly, we um, also will remain in places where we lack the ability to see clearly. And so a question we can ask right, right now maybe is, will we allow ourselves to be cared for during this season? Uh, will we allow ourselves to um, be brought, if you will, closer to Jesus by others? So the first movement is there's a man with a problem. He needs, he needs help. The second movement or thing that I note in this passage is that Jesus actually, when he does encounter the man, he chooses to lead him out of his village. And that, that was curious to me. I, I found myself thinking about that and, and even praying about it. Why? Why did Jesus take him out of his familiar surroundings? Uh, maybe this guy had to leave the familiarity of his environment, his quote unquote routine in order to see things, if you will, as they really were. I believe that right now we are all experiencing an opportunity or an invitation to leave our familiar routines and see things in a new way, being placed in a new environment. And just like it probably was for this guy, um, it, it isn't comfortable for me, and I know it wasn't for him. Imagine this guy, he's unable to see, and all of a sudden, uh, people take him by the hand and bring him to Jesus. And then Jesus presumably takes him by the hand or says, follow my voice and leads him out into unfamiliar territory. And one way or another, we probably can all relate with this. We're all effectively being led into some unfamiliar territory, being led somewhere you don't know by someone you can't see. <laughs> Maybe that's the best way to think about the work of Jesus in times of uncertainty. We can't see him, and he's leading us somewhere we don't know, somewhere maybe that's uncomfortable or unfamiliar. I find myself right now being pushed into some unfamiliar places. What do I do with my routines? Uh, how do I face questions about the future for which I have no good answer? Uh, these are all places where maybe we're being quote-unquote led out of our village, out of our familiar surroundings, the places where it feels maybe to us like we're in control. The third thing I want to highlight in this is that Jesus actually does something for the man, but it doesn't seem like it works, at least not at first. Um, so imagine Jesus takes the guy out of his familiar surroundings, spits on the ground, and the man can't see, mind you, so he hears Jesus spit. Uh, Jesus then makes mud and then touches the man's face. Now, if you want to have any sort of mental picture of what this would feel like, just invite someone um, to, to close their eyes and then at a time that they're not prepared for it, touch them on the face with something wet. This would have been probably very disorienting for this man. And Jesus does this to involve his senses, to engage him in a process of healing. And so when the man opens his eyes, Jesus says, what do you see? And he says, I see men walking about looking like trees, which basically meant his eyes sort of worked, but they didn't totally work. 
And the more that I've been thinking about me and where I am in my own life right now in terms of just seeing clearly, I feel like I'm probably like you and like this guy seeing men walking about his trees. It's like we see a little more today than we maybe did eight days ago, but we certainly don't see things with clarity. And I think about this guy, he sees men walking about his trees. He sees with a lack of clarity and all that's saying to us is that there are times where God gets involved and he is involved and yet things still seem really fuzzy. And that may be where you are right now. It certainly is where I am. So what happens next? It's the last thing I want to say. Jesus restores his sight and he asks the man to refrain from going back to his village. So he touches him again and this time clarity comes. And so clarity for this man was the result of a process. And I think that for you and for me, Finding clarity in this season is also going to be the result of a process. And so one of the questions that I think we're all being invited to sit with is, will we actually participate in the process? If you're not there yet, will you hang in there? This guy could have run off disappointed seeing men as trees with mud and spit all over his face, but he didn't. When Jesus asked him a question, he persisted. He hung in there. And then Jesus continued to meet him and restore his sight. I believe that for all of us, our sight, if you will, the clarity of what's going to happen down the road with this whole pandemic, with your job, your relationships, your health, those things are going to be clarified. But right now, we're probably not where we want to be. And I will say this, I find it interesting that Jesus tells the man to not even go into his village. Don't go home, he basically says to him. And I found myself thinking, you know, why? why? Why would Jesus have said that? Now, you know, scholars have clearly said, you know, this has to do with the messianic secret that Jesus didn't want the word to get out too soon. And so there are a lot of really smart scholarly uh, interpretations or reasons for Jesus telling the guy not to go home. But I'm going to tell you right now, I'm not primarily thinking in my devotional life like a biblical scholar. Uh, I'm thinking like a Christian wanting to derive meaning from these words. So here's what I took from the end of this passage. When Jesus is told, told the man not to go back into his village, I believe that Jesus is basically saying to me when I hear those words, don't revert back to a kind of distracted status quo. Learn to sit tight. Learn to look for a new reality that will emerge in front of you. And so I don't want to numb out. I don't want to check out. I don't want to be lulled back to sleep. I don't want to be lulled into places where my eyes are shut. And I doubt you do either. So maybe we can give our hearts a little bit of space to say, God, help me not to revert back to places where my eyes are closed and I'm not able to see. Amen. I want to share a couple of items for prayer as we walk into this Wednesday. Number one, we've had our first death in the wider church family here at Trinity. The father of one of our members has passed away from the virus. Um, I was alerted to this fact uh, today, actually on Tuesday afternoon, and I've been praying for him. And while I won't name that person's name here, I would ask that if you're hearing this, that you would pray for people grieving in our own church family who have lost a relative, a father in this case, to the virus. And secondly, I would ask that you would be open to giving blood. I uh, spoke to a physician 
uh, who works at Piedmont Hospital, who said that the shortage of blood is has reached a critical level and that surgeries are going to be stopping, um, whether they're connected to coronavirus or not. Just surgery in general is going to cease here very shortly because of the lack of blood supplies. Uh, it's typical now for our older citizens to give blood. Um, that's kind of a rhythm in our culture. And now our older citizens are not able to go out and do that work. And so that kind of falls to us. So if you have the courage to step out and give blood, um, visit the Red Cross website and find a donation center near you and see if it's feasible or possible for you to do that. I know with shelter in place rules and in effect, we may have a hard time making that happen, but I wanna put that on everyone's radar screen so that at the very earliest opportunity, we can give. God bless you, go in peace. I'm gonna say a prayer for us and then turn you loose into your day. Father, we ask you for the grace of God to move forward with courage. We pray that we would ask for help, that we would let you lead us. We pray, God, that you would work and keep us engaged, even if it feels like that work is unfolding more slowly than we'd like. And God, we ask you to keep us um, and make us whole. Father, I speak blessing over each and every one of us now. In Jesus' name, amen. God bless you. Go in peace.